is crucial building that relationship with the farmer whether you're a completely new face to that farmer it's getting that farmer's advisor maybe from whether it be a private consultant or chagas getting that person in onto the farm with that eip um advisor with that agricultural scientist whoever it may be like you know the backup and support the farmers that was always crucial to us hello i'm Carl summers and i'm dirge Lynn. Your Chagas Sustainability Advisors, and you're welcome to the Chagas Environment Edge podcast number 68, bringing you the latest information science opinion to prove farm sustainability. With water quality high on the agenda again, what actions have Wexford County Council taken to work with the local community to make improvements in the catchment of the tourist village of Duncanon? Owen Kinsla, Agricultural Scientist with Wexford County Council and Project Manager with the Duncanon European Innovation Partnership, joins us to discuss. Owen, you're welcome to the show. Why was the Duncanon selected um, as an EIP? I suppose Duncanon was, um, I suppose, an area that was very popular in terms of tourism. Um, It forms part of the Hook Peninsula. So uh, Duncanon Beach was a blue flag uh, status beach um from 1988 but unfortunately back in 2007 uh, um it lost its blue flag status and that's kind of where this whole story began um and in 2016 2017 um wexford county council the lead partner of the project they they got word about the cip funding um and it kind of went from there um dr Mairead shore she was behind the project and she led the project plan right through um up until the implementation of or the, the startup of the project but like i suppose we have to remember duncanon beaches is, is is part of the river nor um and river barrow sac um it's it keeps its designated bathing water status but it also has that shellfish water status um it was always an important area kind of in terms of um fishing um in terms of swimming and bathing that type of thing um but i guess there was no simple fix in Duncanon. Um, there was a number of pressures coming from different areas. Um, and when it kind of was, when we started the project, we start seeing those pressures um, on a, quite a frequent basis. Um, and this is why we kind of looked at the IP model to see exactly what we could do. And when you lose your blue status, are they, are you still allowed to, to swim in the area? Yeah, no, no, it's it's not a, it's not a case that there is um, no swimming. Um, no swimming usually comes into it when there is certain levels of bacteria found in in the waters. Um, so even though the blue flag status is gone, the bathing water status is still there. Um, people can swim. Um, Wexford County Council monitor that during the bathing water season. So it usually starts uh, the end of May, goes right through till the mid September. So we sample. Um, on a weekly basis, usually the start of the week, we have our results then by Wednesday, Thursday, and we can let people know then through just through our local signage program or through beaches.ie. So there's no problem. Like, you know, Wexford is renowned for blue flag status. Um, it has a good few beaches. It has a good few green flag status um, areas then as well. So there's no problem with swimming in Duncanon. Like, you know, once the, once the water quality is of a certain standard. What was the main pressure then found in the area? 
so there was four main pressures in the area. Um, unfo- unfortunately, Duncannon um, and the two more local villages, then Ballyhack and Arthurstown, there was no wastewater treatment facility there. So you like look at a lot of people know that kind of the 1300 wheelie bins a day that's what was actually entering the estuary um that was one of the pressures the other pressure then was what was coming upstream so we we know the river barrow and the river nor um they go a long way right through um the south of ireland um so that was another pressure and we kind of picked up those levels of bacteria coming down through our bathing water season um so we actually sample up near um arthurstown the third pressure then was the the surface water pipes coming from Duncannon village itself and not just Duncannon but Ballyhack and Arthurstown um there's there, there might have been a, a number of misconnections maybe um in the past um and we actually have approximately 10 i think it's 11 monitoring points or discharged surface water pipes coming onto Duncannon Beach. And in the fourth one that's really linked with the EIP is the two coastal coastal streams that um, flow onto the beach, which one of them, one of them is the Curragh Moor, and the other one is a very small stream. It's it's a um, it's known as the small stream locally, um, and it's about a kilometre long. So we were seeing um, quite high E. coli and intracocci levels um, coming down through them and through our although not involved in the organisation back in 2016 2017 there was a number of investigations done um, by Wexford County Council's environment section and that really looked um, at both the septic tank side of things and the ag side so that was kind of where the main pressures were coming from and this is kind of where the whole EIP started up, the whole project plan got going, and it says, look, this is not a simple fix. We have to look at condition as well as management. Uh, as a local, I know I live in 10, 10 minutes over the road on, and uh, we go down to that beach a lot, even our football team will train there regularly as well, and it's, it's a savage beach, it's really nice. So I think a lot of locals are delighted to see you coming into doing something in Duncannon um, because it's it's such a great place, and it's, it's massive for tourism down this way as well, but um, we all thought it was sewage and nothing but uh, waste, waste sewage going into the water at the time. We we never even imagined farming was part of the problem. Where did where did that arise? You're right, um, Cahal, in a way, like you know that uh, that sewage was a problem. You know, thirteen hundred wheelie bins discharging into an estuary, it's it's not a good Matt. thing, um, especially when it comes to twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. Um, but the ag side of things came into play when we when Wexford County Council started looking at the two coastal streams um, there was a number of farm inspections carried out in that area um, and there was a number of non-compliances but that's not to say then that the two coastal streams actually carried that human influence as well from septi tanks um, I think there was roughly about 20 inspections done and there was a number of discharges found um, but not just kind of discharges from farmyards there was a number of drinking points and like you know different pressures coming from the landscape itself what's the catchment area like itself is it, how big is it or is there many farms in it or many people living there tell us a bit, little bit about it yeah no the catchment is it's it's um it's just over 1300 he- hectares so it's about 3000 acres in size um it's predominantly free draining soils we do deal with pockets of kind of them poor drain soils um down near the rivers itself um the catchment 
is a very mixed enterprise. Um, it's it's a it's given a free drain and it's it carries some of the, probably the best soils um, around the Hook Peninsula. Um, so we have about five or six dairy farmers in the catchment. Um, we've about twenty, I suppose, beef um, or mixed enterprise, and then the rest of them are tillage. Um, but you know, a lot of mixed farms down there carrying a number of crops, maybe um, predominantly a calf to beef finishing system then as well. Uh, I think we've only one or two suckler herds uh, left in the catchment, but we we worked with about 36 farmers, 35 farmers to date um, in the catchment of about 41 in total. Um, so the average, the average farm size would have been around 100 acres. Um, and then... The water on the watercourse side of things, through that kind of three thousand acres, there's about sixteen kilometers um, of watercourse. The the Curric Moor taking up the majority of about fifteen, fifteen and a half kilometers. What status it was when you went down there? Was the river that down there, or was it moderate? Or it was it was kind of I suppose the case of um, the status at the time it was at a moderate status. Um, we were shown. Um, kind of slightly polluted um, areas then as well. And that's kind of where our water um, monitoring program came into play. Um, we took on um, a company called Aquins Limited to look into the Q value assessments back in 16 and 17. Um, and a lot of the sites kind of grading roughly at Q3 or a Q3 to 4. I suppose, as you know, myself and Cahill work on the ASA programme, so we work collaboratively with industry and law pro, bringing everybody along with us on on the journey of improving water quality. But what approach did your project take to improve water quality through the EIP? I suppose for Wexford County Council, it was a whole new approach um, for a local authority. It wasn't just inspections, inspections, inspections. Um, it was a very general approach um, in terms of um, what we needed, um, how many people did we need on the ground. And I guess through the planning side of things or, or during the project plan or the drafting of the project plan, um, we looked at the implementation of an operational group. Um, today we hold 17 people on an operational group. Um, they come from the our local uh, Chagas Advisory out in Johnstown Castle. Um, we have Chagas Research then as well out in Johnstown Castle on, on board. And then we have Jeff Barry, Agricultural Consultant. He's the local ag consultant in the area holding approximately two-thirds of the farmers in the catchment um, as clients. Um, we also have Tier Lawn. Um, we have a local farmer, or an IFA rep then as well, Jamesy Wallace. And then we have Board B on board as well. So all in all, there's about 17 people involved in the operational side of things. Um, the approach for the project was always to have a full-time project manager, that's myself kind of, um, that will liaise with the farmers, that will work full-time on the project Um to get measures done, to get applications in, just the general running of the project. Um, the approach kind of that our EIP um, took was based on the concept of maybe the burn program. Um, and we looked at kind of surveying the farm with the farmer, um, looking at the farmyard itself in relation to condition and management. And then we gave that farmer a score. 
So that that was based on a traffic light system. Um, after that, then there was uh, a number of PPZ surveys, pollution potential zone surveys, um, given to the farmer. The farmer was able to see then exactly um, how they could improve their status, whether it was landing in a red in 2019, getting up to a yellow in 2020, and and so on. Um, but that the most important thing is was or was the the water protection payment. The, the annual payment, that incentive that that farmer um, could get um, by achieving a certain status. Um, after that, then we looked at grant dating, uh, a possibility of, of works, I suppose, a number of works that we looked at kind of, um, there was probably seven or eight core um, improvement works, and we were able to grant them then at 50%. Um, there was a number of measures then taken at 70% and a number of measures that were 100% grant dated that were vital to the project as well. Um, and then really outside the farm side of things, then we were monitoring, I suppose, farm practice change and water quality. Um, I would have done a lot of the sampling myself. Um, we would have sent the samples off to ALS, a local um, lab based in Tipperary. Um, and then we got in Aquins Limited. Um, Jan Robert Bars um, was the man that came down and done a number of um, Q value assessments on site um, and then just I suppose the other approach then was the wastewater treatment systems that, uh, that um, our environmental technicians um, were brought into the area and looked at a number of um, septic tanks um, and that kind of created that local awareness program to see exactly where our septic tank status was. So the engagement and the incentivizing were extremely important to get it off the ground, to yeah, have buy-in. Yeah. yeah. No, without without the engagement, um, without that incentive, Deirdre, I don't think we'd be at where we are today. How much money, on did you have, actually? And I suppose just going back to the incentive and the engagement, um, and just thinking around from, from the farmer's point of view, you have the local county council who historically would have been there to, I suppose, um, I don't know how we, how we describe it, come in and do inspections. So farmers will be uh, will be slightly scared of bringing you in. So how did they react to you coming along and saying, right, we're here to solve your water quality problems, but we want to come assess your farms and score them. But we have money for you. How were they nervous? I, I know you engage with the majority of the farms in the area, but I'm sure there must have been a level of kickback. Yeah, so the, for, the first probably question there to cover, our original budget call was 550000 um, based on a three-year programme. I suppose we started in a kind of um, 2019, the end of 2018, 2019, and we, I suppose we were hit with COVID. Um, which had a major issue in terms of visiting the farms, that type of thing. Um, so we had a kind of an underspend at the time, and we actually approached the Department of Agriculture, um, the locally led section who co-fund the project, and through that we were able to get an actual. It was actually a two-year extension, um, and we had a total budget of just over seven hundred and twenty thousand um, for the five years. Um, Second thing, yes, Wexford County Council, it was uh, like, you know, I suppose historically it was all about kind of inspect and enforce. Uh, but again, it was the the whole role of the sustainability or the project manager that really kicked in. Luckily for me, my past work um, through FRS Network and the local Chagas office, I was actually known by a few farmers in the area 
Um, you were well trained then Owen what's your saying well well (laughs) trained yeah Um, (laughs) but that was kind of really the the backbone of it to be honest Cahal it was um, it was the five or six or seven farmers that knew me that actually spread that word out that look at we know this lad like you know and he, he kind of he's coming in to try solve an issue but he's willing to work with you and you know even during the launch um in 2019 in january 2019 there was it was very positive um uh, kind of coming from the farming side and the wider community people were very happy to see something being done um about a local problem the trust of you own, I suppose. You know, you'd built up a relationship with them over a couple of years and the trust was there and that followed yeah. through. Um, once the pressures were identified, what works were carried out by the farmers or the community in the area? Yeah, so I suppose just to cover on the, the wastewater treatment systems, we've we've kind of dealt with about 120 septic tank inspections um, and that will be under the National Inspection Plan. Um, we did find roughly a 50% failure rate on that. Um, our technicians continue to carry out the inspections. Um, we're hopeful to maybe finalise all houses in the next four to five years. Um, but that grant date is available there now. Um, it was in the past €5,000, but just over the weekend, we've been told from the 1st of January 2024 that that grant will be um, €12,000. So that's a huge boost for anybody that's having issues with their wastewater treatment system. It's badly needed of, finance, isn't it, Owen, as well? It's it, very expensive to do those It work. is, yeah. Like yeah. the average the average, um, the average upgrade now on an, an entire new system will be floating between ten and €12,000 anyway. And that really depends on the soil type you're in. Do you have to be in a, sp- a specific area to get that grant on, or is it anywhere across the county? It's open to anyone. It's, it is. It's very much open to anyone. Um, the means testing is also been done away with, so... So um, I think kind of, you know, I suppose Minister O'Brien would have um, announced that there fairly recently. And um, that's nationally then, is it? Not just Wexford. It's a national thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just in terms of the works carried out kind of uh, by farmers, there was never no fine line um, between what we talked about or what we discussed on the day. Um, Some of the more um, kind of works that were carried out through the catchment were defensing of water courses. Um, but that was just a kind of a general, you know, let's let's get get away from drinking points. Um, let's try get as much buffer as we can. Um, and then other things then that we would have installed. We've we've the entire catchment actually fenced to date. Um, so there's about 16 kilometers of water course fenced um, or some sort of a riparian grass margin. Um, some farmers did opt for a wider grass margin, like, you know, not just a metre and a half. So we now know that the metre and a half is coming into the for derogation farmers. Um, but we looked and farmers were willing on like literally putting, giving an extra bit of space um, for nature corridors, that type of thing. Um, and that actually gave way to one of our other measures, which was the tree planting. So we were able to actually plant trees in behind um, that two or three metre um, buffer. We planted about uh, 1.2, 1.3 kilometres of arable grass margins. And that was very much on a, a kind of a, the right measure in the right place. Um, we had probably four or five different farmers that would have looked at arable grass margins, adding between three up to six metres. Um, we now know just the new the new regulation with DSI was it's a three metre um, 
arable grass margin. So they're kind of thankful that that was installed and they're still compliant. With the last few weeks, anyone driving past tillage fields now will see the job that those margins are doing as well. Yeah. The yeah. And the water flowing, yeah. There is, and a lot of our farmers kind of they, they manage them in such a way that they might not like you know they might not mulch them or cut them every year like you know and I think it's it's kind of vital that the more growth you have in 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 those margins that the better kind of sediment catching um they will be doing um there was other measures such as kind of moot getting water trucks away or getting feed points away from various different water courses we looked at roadway improvements as well. Um, we didn't go the water par- bar route. We actually used the material or the surface that was there. Um, a very simple, cheap and cheerful option for the farmer. Um, at the end of the day, one of our main objectives was to um, improve the water quality, but also to protect the farmer's income. Um, we installed a number of sediment traps or sediment ponds as well um, in the catchment um there was also in drain settlement ponds um or weirs put in place um we we looked the very first kind of few months we looked at um and this was kind of picked up on the side or the application um side of things that there was a number of farmers that weren't soil sampling or that hadn't soil sampling in a number of years so we actually granted um soil samples at approximately 70%. But then any farmer without a nutrient management plan, we actually granted that at 100%. So now we're confident that every farmer has a, an in-date or an up-to-date soil sample, as well as a nutrient management plan that they can work off. Um, we planted a number of hedgerows in different areas um, around the catchment, and that was very much to do with overland flow. Um, and we looked, we kind of worked with the uh, pip maps that the EPA recently produced in as well um, and just various other things like you know there was a general discussion around cover crops and the type of hedgerow planting um, lime advice that type of thing you know there was so much to be talked about and use use of all people when you step onto a farm you will talk about anything from live weight gain right through to grass growth like you know it's it's all those things that always kept popping up kind of um being on the farm on the day i suppose the success of the neip is linked to water quality and biodiversity so from the biodiversity point of view with the hedges and the trees and the buffers that's that's been a massive success what's the water quality like now in duncanon so, so yeah that's kind of the question that i get asked now in the last 12 months like you know where are we with water quality look at dip it has been a success and and there's different different aspects of it, like from the approach from the engagement from the works done to the water quality to the local water quality to that farmer's local water environment um from the ecology assessments from the community engagement um it's all been a success um, one of the biggest risks that this project um, was always going to have or, you know, that was always going to have to work with was the risk of the general Baden water status dropping. And that's exactly what happened, unfortunately. You know, we were dealing with poor status, sufficient status um, back prior to the project. We did go to good status and now we've dropped back to sufficient, unfortunately. And it was always a risk that um, was always going to be there. Um, but it was it, it's I know I know it's a success because our bathing water our our um, water quality sampling program that's seen improvement that's seen a downward trend um, 
I think there's roughly um, nine out of 12 sites showing a downward trend in terms of E. coli. Enterococci levels are dropping at, at 10 out of 12 sites. Those other sites, yes, they'll need more investigation, you know, to exact to see exactly what's going on. Maybe, maybe it could be a, a pipe, you know, a discharge pipe. Maybe it could be from a house. It could be from a yard, something like that. But we'll, we kind of, we'll continue to do investigations in the area um you know i suppose 2023 brought a year a, a great year 2022 was great for baden water status 2023 we saw 15 weeks at excellent status you know um right at the end of 20 the end of the sampling period for the baden water status we had a blip um and we ended up having to close the beach those things will happen, you know, and I, I can't stress enough. Duncanon Beach and Colin no, it's not like no other beach in Ireland. It's it's part of Waterford Harbour Estuary, you know. It's not like a coastal beach like like Curraclough, um, like Cairn. It's you know, we get flushes um down the estuary and unfortunately, you know, whether we're sampling in on a Monday or a Tuesday, um it's it's kind of a snapshot in time really that we have to deal with and we have to sample it but it has it's been a success Deirdre and um, I think water quality you know we look at 2026 now as a possibility of regaining blue flag status I think you've hit the nail Edder. it's not about clicking the fingers and the job is done it's fixed it's you mentioned it trends it's all about the trend and if the trend is going down you're winning as far as I'm concerned um, on you know that uh, our program, the Agriculture Sustainability Support and Advisor Program, are launching a massive EIP. We're, we're in the midst of it, just about to kick off now shortly, where we'll have a, a substantial amount of money where we'll be visiting farmers nationwide in different areas for action, uh, where we will hopefully simulate, similar to what you're doing, putting measures in place to try and improve water quality as an area in different areas. You have gone through the process of a project very similar uh, where you've identified an issue, you've given a farmer a plan where they can put something in place and you've you've given them money to support that. Is there any learnings from your project that we could carry through to our, our programme, I suppose, for our EIP? Uh, look, at, there's, there's a number of um, points and I, I suppose I was just writing down a few this morning from our learnings, like, you know, engagement is crucial. You know, um, building that relationship with the farmer, whether you're a completely new face um, to that farmer, um, it's getting that farmer's advisor, maybe from whether it be private consultant or Chagas, getting that person, you know, in onto the farm with that EIP um, advisor, with that agricultural scientist, um, whoever it may be, like, you know, um, the backup and support the farmers, that was always crucial to us. Um, whether it was dealing with the financial aspect of putting in a sediment pond, whether it was the organization organizing of, you know, the digger contractor coming in, um, or whether it was just the design of the project or the task ahead, you know, that measure that's going to be put in, you know, setting kind of dates, that type of thing of what day we're going to do it, how long it's going to take, just the small things like that, um, I think it's it's vital. I, I believe there's going to be an application form um, where farmers can sign up to this. Um, we've we kind of had a great operational group um, from Chagas Advisory and Jeff Barry. Um, I think it was crucial that the application form was filled in actually by the advisor and not by the farmer because you know at the end of the day 
we needed so much information to assess a farm um, and I'm sure the new the national water EIP will be the same um, I think probably you know the water protection payment was the big thing um, that incentive for the farmer um, I think without that I, I, I can't see kind of you know farmers doing works um, and you know I suppose it links in with the improvement works as well um, and I think it's probably important not just kind of you know looking at works maybe or improvement works but maybe scoring the farmyard as well you know looking at the condition of facilities having that general chat with the farmer like you know to see exactly um, where they stand in terms of compliance like you know because at the end of the day it'll be it'll be free advice you know it'll be confidential um, and it was the same for our EIP like you know that we were stepping on to a farm that you know that farmer could be farming for the last 50 years you know um and we just kind of needed to advise the farmer you know where they stand in terms of nitrate um but i think the engagement is crucial call um i think the backup the support the incentive um they're all crucial um aspects to to a smoothly run eip yeah, look on. I've been down on walks in your AIP and I know a number of the farmers down there and they're actually delighted with the whole process and they're very complimentary of, of what you've done the last couple of years. So very well done on that and the very best of luck in the future. Thanks a million for joining us on the show. Thanks very much. That's it for this episode of the Chagas Environment Edge podcast. Thanks to Owen Kinsella, Agricultural Scientist with Wexford County Council and Project Manager with the Duncanon European Innovation Partnership for joining us on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Carl Summers. And I'm Deirdre Lynn. Join us next time for the Chagas Environment Edge podcast, Signpost Farm Sustainability. <laughs>